Welcome to the Human Size Leader Podcast, where we discuss the human side of leadership. I'm Zach. And I'm Crystal. And today we're going to talk about what we do when we don't know what to do. Yeah. So the whole purpose of this is really for us as leaders to see how we show up when we're anxious. This, this was a discovery of mine. Um, I don't know about you, Crystal, but this was like huge for me to kind of figure out how I respond. Like I could see how other mm-hmm. people show up anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't fully know how I was infecting the room with my anxiousness. Right. Yeah, I know. Me too. And actually some of the things that I I took as a strength in my ability had a lot to do with my anxiety. Um, and deconstructing that was not super fun, but it was very helpful. And it's still, it's still a, I feel like a space I'm more comfortable now that I've grown to be able to really honestly say, wow, that was kind of a mess the way that I, I did that, but it's natural too. It's human. Like it's not about like being hard on ourselves. I think that's a beautiful place to start is like anxiety. Like we've talked about as human, um, react, reacting to things as human, but it's a really awesome thing to be able to grow and have a better grasp on that. So we can affect our, the room and ourselves more healthy. Yeah. And the goal of this, let me just start right away and say the goal of this is not to stop it. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 that's where I tend to go with stuff like, Oh, now I see where, how I show up. So now I'm just going to stop mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. um, and never show up like that. That's, that would be awesome. But that's, that's not been my experience. And avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> so. it, well, I'm telling you, it's, it's, man, that's just, that's honestly, that's how I, I unfortunately try to deal with things in my life. When I see something I don't like, I like try yeah. to like chisel it out. And so yeah. if you're like me and you do that, uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there is a better way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even in doing these conversations we have, we're just jumping and talking about com- things. Right. And we don't like prepare like a script or anything. We just talk about it. Um, yeah. I experience like my main anxiety is, um, my response is spinning mind or is my physical, like my mind spins. Um, I get, mm-hmm. I do get the physical, like, um, in really high anxiety. I feel my chest tighten and I, um, my breath is shallow. Actually, I'm really known for my, um, speaking, uh, traps of not breathing enough. <laughs> like people are literally like giving me signs, like breathe more, breathe more. Cause it's like, <laughs> at one time I, and uh, after a public speaking, I literally had an older gentleman come up to me and say, I was really worried about you. I thought maybe we'd have to call <laughs> like a, a, like first responder. I'm like, was it really, that bad. Um, but I definitely get that physical response, but I have this spinning mind where my mind just goes. And then I tend in the reaction to that is to, I guess it would fit into maybe an over-functioning where I just start doing, talking, um, being slightly foolish. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and I, I think we all, we all get foolish when, right. when we get anxious. Right. And I think if you have a hard time knowing how you respond when you don't know what to do, just start mm-hmm. asking people. And, and I know that's a very vulnerable, vulnerable mm-hmm. question, but asking people in your world, who you lead in your family, Hey, how do you see me show up when I don't know what to do? Um, yeah. You might get different reactions than what you think. 
Yeah. And those, those curious questions to ourselves are very helpful too. I know I, that's where I was able to eventually put the link of like when I felt the physical mind spinning and, and tightness and shallow breath. Um, and th- those are the more intense times when I was really aware of it. So I was able to kind of take that and assess, um, what do I want to do? Like, it feels like I have to fill the space. It feels like I have to, to do something. And that's where I was able to really start to recognize my reactivity. Um, yeah. That's, that's, and as a leader, every day, I think we get in an area where we really don't know what to do. If we stopped and thought about it, mm-hmm. um, that is leadership is 90% of the time. We don't know what to do. That, mm-hmm. At least for me, maybe I'm like revealing cards, but most of the time I feel like I'm making something up. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And sometimes you have to, right. That's like leadership or parenting or life in general. Sometimes you just have to go with it. But, um, like, let's talk a bit about how do we like recognize and then the, the managing and making changes. Cause that for me is really, um, easy to talk about because that's so was such a big deal for me. It still is like being able to not speak right away. Like when I'm anxious, Mm -hmm. like being silent, I recognized this before I understood anxiety, but I didn't understand why it felt like, like I was, uh, <laughs> what's a good word for it? I felt like I was like drowning, like everything was falling apart mm. if I didn't fill the space. Like it was, it's completely insane when I say it out loud now, but to, to leave the space silent, to, um, let it set in the room or just to be quiet when no one else is talking was something that I found very challenging. If it was a, and I didn't find it challenging if I was in a very comfortable environment for the most part, though. So that's that there is an indicator. But um, in any any type of situation where I felt tension between others or if I had that uh, thinking of third space, are they uncomfortable? That kind of thing. Um, being able to practice not doing that is still hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, as we were talking about earlier, I've noticed so for many years i was on my own um owning my pizza restaurant and doing doing the things there and if you would have asked me then how i show up and with when i'm in anxiety and i don't know what to do right because mm-hmm. not knowing what to do is anxiety uh, and um i showed up in a different way where when i for a season we were on the same team together and i had peers and bosses that I reported to, uh, I noticed I showed up very different when I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I realize, what I've been realizing, looking at it, is that's the people pleaser um, okay. showing up. And so, uh, when for for me, how it showed up is I would ask everyone their opinion before I would move, and it wasn't mm-hmm. to seek the opinions of others it was to seek the approval of others am i okay is it okay am i still valuable on the team if this is the wrong move um that was subconsciously what i was doing Mm. when i didn't know what to do is making sure that i was still validated where at the pizza place what did i do when i didn't know what to do made it up and didn't (laughs) ask anyone what they thought Uh, right and what i are is that so was one better than the other, do you think, in your anxiety no, reaction? No, I think or? they're both faulty. They're both in anxiety. And so I have to watch it where, um, you know, honestly, I learned some leadership stuff uh, 10 years ago where I realized I needed the um, 
buy-in of my team. Uh-huh. And so I would ask them what they thought at the pizza place, but I really didn't care. I was just trying to get them to buy, <laughs> buy in. And now how I now how I show up is I'm asking them and I really want to know that I show up more often than not. I still will fall back into my same patterns because like we said, that happened, but I can yeah. recognize it and go, no, I am one person. Many minds is going to make a better decision and asking for those reasons. And so. Do yeah. you remember, you may not because it's been like a journey, but do you remember making that transition in that environment? Like consciously changing how you approach the the decision and inviting them into it? I think it's been a process. I think the first step, uh, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but was having a little humility. That, <laughs> um, and that was the first phase where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pizza restaurant, it's a minimum wage employee. It's usually people starting out their career at 16, 17 year old. And to think to, I had to have a little humility that a 17 year old might have an idea that I do not have. Um, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, before that, it was, I'm the owner. They don't have a, cl- they haven't even experienced life. Um, and so, and now it's, um, I am now at 41, the, the, Humility is, I'm already out of touch, <laughs> and, and I need their opinion. So, have you have you received like value from that? Like, have you received ideas and input from your team members that you wouldn't have got? If oh, you wouldn't have made yeah, them? extreme value. Yeah, 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 extreme yeah. value. And I've made different decisions because of it. You know, yeah. and um, and I and that's hard for a leader because. I believe it's hard for a leader because that means slowing down. And who wants to slow yeah. down? I don't. Um, I yeah. Hill to conquer here. Yeah, that's great. And a little side note to that, and it's a little off what we're talking about, but I think related to what you just said is that one thing that um, I remember that in college, they called it, I think the pedestal complex or something of a leader mm. when they don't have open doors where people don't feel like they can come to them or they don't seek input and they become, like you said, out of touch. And I think that's a yeah. very real epidemic. Um, yeah. It's too soon to say pandemic, but it's an epidemic. Um, but of, you know, and you it don't rhymes. know what that's you don't too know. Close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking like emotionally, we're not ready to like make analogies yeah. to that. Um, but like, I think that is uh, like, it makes you um, out of touch and really a worse leader, but like it does take humility and it takes being able to manage like the other anxiety thing that I deal with that it's feeling like I have to have the answers. I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Like, and if you're admitting that you don't have the answer, I know that could probably be um, a block to that conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, having to have the answers for me, that's definitely what's underneath what was underneath. I just wasn't aware of it at the pizza mm-hmm. place, you know, that I yeah. had to have the answers. And what's funny is showing up at the church where I had bosses and peers. Um, it was, I have an answer, but I didn't trust the answer. So it was a total different, like I'm in a new environment. Is this okay here? Uh, this yeah. is how I would show up um, in the business world. How do you show up at a church and so there's a second guessing and honestly um i would annoy my peers with it because it just was um the stench of insecurity Uh 
you know, it, it it's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> let's just, it is. Let's be honest. It yeah. can be really annoying. And you're like, um, you know, that's what was causing. And, and honestly, my insecurity, what I realize now looking back at it is I was, I was bringing my anxiety into the room and infecting my environment with it. And then wondering why others were responding to me in the way they were. And it was, I was, because what do you do when you don't know what to do? Mm -hmm. Um, If we're not careful, we will infect our team into the fourth space that we talked about previously, anxiety and cause it to spin. And then they're reacting in their anxiety and some are more aggressive. And so I'm a very sensitive guy. And so I'd leave going, oh, they hate me. Or... (laughs) Or this person hates me instead of, no, I'm just, I am showing up anxious because I don't know what to do. And they're reacting to my anxiety. And they have their own anxiety they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was thinking this is also a little bit off, but related is that is really hard, like, uh, to right the wrongs, like the humility related to humility. And I think I still struggle with this as I become aware of tendencies I've had for a long time that I'm, I'm seeing how, like you were saying, really weren't helping the room. And I thought they were, weren't helping the people that I influence and figuring out how, um, I think doing the brave practice is really helpful. Like here, I'm not, I'm going to change how I react or even going to the extreme just to practice. Like I'm totally not going to give the answer, even though I have it, or I'm going to fail at this on purpose to just practice experiencing this intentionally. But one thing I was thinking about is the, um, layer of, uh, you know, acknowledging, that you may have affected yeah. things in, in a hard way for people. And, you know, there's, there's so many aspects or parts to that, like first having to admit, you know, openly to someone, and then maybe to someone that you may have hurt, or even if you unintentionally affected them in a way you didn't intend being able to open the door to say, Hey, I know that was hard. I'm sorry for my part in it. Like it is, it's hard. And I think I'm getting to a space with some of the places I'm recognizing where I've been aware for a while and thinking through actually vocalizing it is still hard because I don't like, that's one of the things I've always had a really, I've tried to push against and control is I really hate when I affect somebody in a way that is, makes their life more difficult. But yet the reality uh, is as I have in some circumstances, but then I'm thinking through how healing it is for that just to be acknowledged. Um, and I don't know that you always have to do that. It might be, if you're always doing that, you might just be causing other problems. But I think there are situations where it is healing to those that you interact with, whether it be family or teams, to acknowledge that that wasn't the best part of me. And that wasn't something that I'm okay with anymore. So I don't know. That's just a thought to throw out there, but something I'm wrestling with. Yeah. And as a leader, it's not admitting weakness to say, hey, I'm in, I'm in anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as your team, you can even talk about it. this is how I show up when I'm anxious. Again, I know that requires humility, but um, yeah, you know, to admit like we're wrong or to suddenly op- open eyes. I mean, how we show up in a room and in our anxiousness and the lie that's underneath that anxiousness, yeah. right? Um, I honestly think. I haven't fleshed this out, but that we multiply our story. So when I was showing up um, in insecurity and it was almost furthering that feeling of insecurity because I would 
infect the anxiety around me, right? And then they would react and then I'd feel even more insecure. Mm-hmm. Same thing at the pizza restaurant. What what I was doing early on was I wanted I didn't I wanted to be respected as a leader. I want to be mm-hmm. respected, right? So I'm not going to ask these peon workers for their opinions. Yeah. And, you know, I can't admit that I don't know what to do, all these other things. I want respect. And so then everything was seen through that lens. So I'd show up in anxiety and then surprise, some people didn't want to go with me. Uh, they didn't want to <laughs> be told what to do in the moment uh, and stuff yeah. like that. And so then I would filter it through that uh, lens of non-respect and it would multiply, and then I'd become even more reactive. And so um, we really have to be aware of of how we show up. Yeah. Um, because we'll get more <laughs> of how we show up. Yeah, yeah. And some of breaking the habit, too, is or changing the story for you is that brave practice. And I, I was thinking, too, like sometimes it's actually pushing against the environment that built that. Like I know mm-hmm. in my my job, my career I have now, when I had my initial interview in my first position, um, I was challenged and I immediately challenged this person back that would have been like a high leader. And they really loved that. <laughs> like that was part of, <laughs> in, in my dynamic, like um, being someone who challenged things was rewarded in the beginning. Um, and it was rewarded for a long time. And so I kind of got a, a distorted view that that was the way that people followed you and that was the way that people respected you. And that was, and it was what worked and it was something natural to my personality. But then as I've grown in this, especially wanting to lead in a way that develops other people and brings, you know, that space or that calm, aware, present space where everybody can show up, um, that challenging isn't, it can be rewarded by some, but it's not what is helping um, everybody move forward together. But it's hard to break that reward. It's like the, it's like the treat reward or the do what people like and you get rewarded with, with influence or whatever, but. Yeah, that's true. And it, and it totally depends on our environment. So both of us are in um, America and, uh-huh. and strong leaders, very strong leaders who know what they're doing and charge, charge, hard that hill. Yeah. Those are what are respected by our society right and so the temptation is to fake that or be that Mm -hmm. and um and there's there's room for all sorts of color underneath that where you know like you're saying develop a developing leader is going to look very different and the reason i think for me because i would want to be like that leader right that hard charge Mm -hmm. and take the hill a high eight high three if you know the enneagram like that type of leader um but they're the one in the public spotlight, not necessarily the best leader. And that's not like, that's not degrading mm-hmm. that, that, that personality frame. But I think sometimes we can get in a trap where that's the only way to lead instead of being the best version of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, yeah. we're all going to look a little differently. Like I'm yeah. a high feel guy. I'm going to come in more of a feeling, <laughs> wondering someone else's feelings, expressing my feelings. Yeah. And instead of fighting that, um, yeah. I'm going to show up, right? Look how I show up and show up as the best version of myself and be calm being myself. Mm-hmm. And it's how my leadership's blossomed. Yeah. And I want to point out as I'm thinking, just processing, hearing that what you're yeah. saying is like, what about those situations when you're not on top and you're in the environment that that is the culture, that's the, how you get ahead. And um, I think what we're not saying is that you don't just 
fade into the as the nice guy fading in to the or girl fading into the background but you you can still affect that environment in a healthy way and you can still show up and be heard um and manage your anxiety and i do believe that that health that choice though it's not necessarily the easiest road it's not the road that gets rewarded right away could really still have a really positive effect um and and gain the same respect that you would playing the game per se in that environment. It's just a little bit more of a challenging road, but yeah, you can be calm presence and say really hard things. Mm-hmm. You can be very calm and be a very strong leader. You can do these things. And sometimes we'll view like those the hard leader, like it's like they're leading out of aggression or shut up and don't say a word mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's, that. That's not good leadership, no matter your personality. Like that, yeah. that is that is. But there are cultures, like you were saying, there's cultures where that's okay. Like that's normal. That's what you do to get ahead. And honestly, being calm and saying saying things that no one's willing to say um, yeah. can have great benefit to your leadership. It also can have great cost. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, since we're talking about the doing what we, what we do when we don't know what to do, I was thinking of this thing, the story (laughs) when we, um, it always sticks with me for some reason. Like when we, you and I were on a leadership team and we were traveling, there were five of us and we were at this conference and we had a rental car and, um, we were in the parking lot. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but like we were in the the parking lot and we got out and your door, you, you hit the car next to us. And there was a I don't lady know what sitting, you're talking about. You don't know what uh, I'm talking about? Okay. Maybe I'm making it up. But I remember uh, like that happened. And the lady, she was in the car. And we're like, oh, no. And I'm just part of the team. I was at the time the administrative director. And I, for some reason, I felt like we're, I'm like going to jump in like the mom and like give her my card. And be like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I always thought like I treated everybody else like they were like a child. And then I was like going to be the mom. And I was like, why did I give her my business card? Like, that was so weird. Um and I didn't even know, I think, I don't think that you were on the team very long at that time, maybe like a year or less than a year. And so we didn't even know each other very well. <laughs> it's like, here, let me take care of this. No, I lied. I remember that story. I just don't yeah. like that. I hit someone else's car with the door. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, the attention was too, as our, our team members were starting to make jokes about it immediately because <laughs> that was their right. response to the tension. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, weird things like that we do. That's right. And that it, I, you know, that's a good display of what do I do when I don't know what to do in that moment? Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you used to like walk to, I don't know if you still do this. You would walk and like throw your hands up in the air. Like when you're talking, when you get like real worked up. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll move my hands a lot. My wife and pace a lot when I'm on the phone yeah. too. Um, it drives people in my life crazy. Yeah. yeah but funny. I'm a hand talker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah. So really the challenge this week is to just observe, be curious. You're, um, mm-hmm. Do not judge, right? This is the hardest thing for me with this, right? Is judgment is a, you're in anxiety when you're in judgment. We can do that to ourselves. And so be curious with your leadership and how you show up when you don't know what to do in a non-judgmental state. And that is, for me, that was very, very difficult. Because I'm not yeah. judging good or bad. I'm just, this is how I show up. And so that's kind of the challenge for this week, right? 
Yeah. And the hope is that it's a, it's a journey and taking one step of being aware or one step of trying something different and um, not being discouraged if it doesn't go exactly right, but taking the step of practicing because it is a process to, to do this differently. Yeah. And it can be a painful one because you're, you're really opening your eyes to leadership mistakes, which, yeah. which is leadership. We have successes, we have failures. And so as you move through this week and look for how you show up, um, continue to fail forward. You got this. We appreciate you being with us this week on the Human Size Podcast. We hope the conversation was helpful to your leadership role. Join Crystal and Zach next week when they talk about power dynamics. Now go have a great week.